This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David and we are back behind the velvet rope. We got to get right into things today because we have a very special guest in the studio with us. The one, the only, sit down folks, Jamie Gleischer. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, it's Gleischer. Now, well, first of all, welcome. Do you think everyone's saying who? That's exactly what I think everyone's yeah. saying. Yeah, I think I everyone. That, actually, <laughs> I think yes, you do, I love right? It. Yeah, I think everyone is saying what? No, everyone's like getting out their phone right now and they're googling who the hell is Jamie Gleischer. Yeah. Do you think they sometimes would sometimes I do that too? <laughs> now, do you think they would say the same thing if I said we have Allie Hilfinger? Maybe. 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 Now, here's the thing, guys. Let, let Put your phones away. We're going to explain who Jamie Gleischer is. I mean, we have a lot to say, but she is one half of the duo who starred in a classic, literally, this is a classic, a classic reality TV show called Rich Girls. Really, it was just called Rich Girls, it and is. it was on one of the most prominent reality networks, I feel, like before Bravo, MTV. Yeah. So Rich Girls was a show, which is shocking that I, I, believe it or not, sometimes I do some research. This morning, I was shocked to find this out, that Rich Girls was one season. Yes, it was one season. Very exclusive. Listen, I thought Rich Girls, like if you asked me, was on for like seven years. Like I have, I, I, I remember loving the show and watching it. I didn't realize it was on from October of 2003 to December of 2003. Wow. And it followed the lives. Well, if you look if you look at IMDb, it says it followed the lives of two wealthy 18-year-olds from New York City. 
So Jamie's like, that it did. Jamie's like, oh God. She's like, can we talk about anything? Listen, we're going to talk about lots of other things. (laughs) No, listen, it is a significant part of my life. I am now 35. I've done a lot of reflecting. I'm actually at this point writing a book on it. So I've really had to sit with my experience. Um, I have a mother who saves everything. I have every email, everything. Um, There's a lot of things that people don't know about how the show was created. Well, um, there was nothing that existed like it. Um, we're going to get no into Bravo, it. reality TV, and you know, it started with my writing. Allie and I really created it, produced it, and then we were like, "Goodbye!" And now you have a podcast about the Real Housewives, which actually like derived from what our show was, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so I like I can't even tell you how many questions I have, but okay. let's just take it back. <laughs> for a minute sure. so all right so tell me now about you like people are always shocked when i ask this let's start with like birth i mean you don't have to tell me the hospital or the time of day but like where are you from where you grew Sinai up hospital Eleven fifteen. i know this because i just turned 35 and my mom always reminds me at the time of my birth so you're from new york city i'm from new york city um, upper east side we lived i've been we've been all over like really? when i was born my parents were um in murray hill actually and then we moved to new jersey for a little bit where in new jersey bergen county okay tenafly oh Alpine i know Tenafly. area yeah jackie um, goldschneider from the real housewives of new jersey currently lives in tenafly oh really yeah oh i wonder what street maybe we and i'm friends <laughs> i'm really good friends with like margaret joseph's like i don't know if you watch new jersey she lives in englewood so i know oh, tenafly i didn't, know. Right. I didn't yeah. know that new jersey housewives made it that cuz it was Upper South River and all that. Yeah. yeah. I always thought they should do a like, show about where I grew up. The old Virginia. school was like a lot of Franklin Lakes, which some people right, are still right, there, right. but now they're all over. But Tenafly is very, you know, and listen, I am from, I grew up between like New York and Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I didn't know from New Jersey before I became friends right. with all these wonderful women. And now sometimes I'm in New Jersey like two or three times a week. Yeah. Nice. So because of that, I've learned Tenafly. It's a nice place to grow up. It's a great place to grow up. Um, Lived there until my bat mitzvah at age 13. My brother and I were both um, – I was into theater. My brother was a ballet dancer. We moved Straight back, brother? Straight brother. Okay. Moved back. I was like, do you have a cute gay brother around 35 no, that I don't know about? No. Okay. He's, he's also – he's married now. He's okay. straight. He's, I got excited yeah. for a minute. Um, so I was into musical theater. My brother was into ballet. We moved to, um, to New York City um, and we went to um, a performing arts school. We're not a performing arts school. school that um, – you know, it was four kids in the performing arts. Like the fame school or something It's not different. the fame school. Um, it was a private school. It's called Professional Children's School. Okay. And it was for – it's a private school for kids in the business. Okay. And that was where I met Allie. So um, lived a bunch of places in the city and um, ended up going to college here. So, okay, yes. So you went to this high school. So when did you go to this high school? Like, were you freshman? Like, I went from my sophomore year to my senior year. And I was in another private school before that. And, um, so were you commuting into the city from New Jersey? Yes, for middle school, I was. These are the minor details that I need to know. Yeah. And it was awful. I was like bullied on the school bus. It was so awful. Really? Um, yeah. And then, um, I found professional children's school and, you know, and this is awesome. where you met Allie. And this is where I met Allie. We were both incoming sophomores. So you were both incoming sophomores and you became friends mm-hmm. and you met other people and you became friends with other people. Yes. And you're living the – see, like, I mean, I think would think some people from New Jersey coming into the city every day. This is like the big time. 
to go to high school. No, not well. We not moved. Really. I wasn't coming oh, in. Okay. No, oh, okay. I went to a private school um, up you. in the Bronx in Riverdale, and then um, we moved to um, New York so that my brother and I could both pursue our careers and our interests. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, how do you? Okay, so you meet Allie and your friends, and how does this so rich girls come about? You're in high school now. So I'm in the 10th grade. I'm at the professional children's school. And I And at am, this point, too, let, not to interrupt you, at this point, let's just give this context of reality TV. So, like, the real world existed. Right. So the real world existed. My Sweet 16 on MTV, that show, I think I thought existed. Oh, Maybe no, not. no. Oh, that, really? also, that was also kind of a, like a spinoff of us. Yeah. Oh, the wow. only thing that was really out there was the Osbournes okay. and Newlyweds. Okay. So really, at this point, yeah. for Ashley all of Simpson you— Ashley Simpson show came after mine, same producer. We actually got the um, the team— from the Osbournes. And there was no Bravo at this time. No, was um Queer Eye? Was Queer Eye? Yeah. Ma- I, I don't know. It was around the same time. I remember after I did my show I would party with them. But also um Carson and I would both go on this is like really pre not even like I don't want to say pre-internet, but we would go like every I think it was either Wednesday or Friday when all the um the mag the weeklies came out. Yeah, and we would go to this newsstand in my neighborhood, and we like we'd meet each other, and we'd be like, "Oh my god, what are they saying about us this week?" No, yeah, I can't. Yeah, so it was really. I mean, this was really back old school. I would say, thank God, there really wasn't social media, but there was a lot of you know online commenting. There was Gawker dot com, um, and I mean, you know, for all the millennials out there, just to put this in perspective, you know about what how impactful this was. Like the Osbournes and Newlyweds on MTV were two like ridiculously huge shows right. like the numbers the ratings were huge the Osbournes was like they were just such great shows everyone watched the Osbournes yeah. and everyone watched Newlyweds so like you were at the equivalent of a Bravo I mean MTV was the place to right. go for reality TV and how it really came about was um, you know Allie and I had this incredible funny friendship um, we were both very, very ambitious in our own different ways. Um, I'm a little more bookish. She's a little more creative or at the time, right? And um, I had dealt when I was younger, when I was a little kid with depression and struggled with my weight. And I was always, you know, very studious, very smart, always a writer. And, um, you know, my life looked so great. I was like, you know, on student council and like on my way to a top school, but I was also hospitalized for an eating disorder. I was, you know, doing drugs when no one could see. I was self-harming. Like I really was in a really depressed, anxious place no one knew. And at the time, I was obsessed with watching Sex in the City. Okay. And I also – there was a film that came out called 13 with Evan Rachel Wood – I remember that Reed. movie. Yeah. I didn't remember that Evan Rachel Wood was in that. Yeah. Oh. And I identified so much with both Sex and the City because it was this colorful Manhattan life and it was so fun, you know, not in the in the sex way, but yeah. like walking around the city with your friends, going to great brunch places. I mean, look, it put like cafeteria like on the map. The it Fendi. Put, yeah. yeah, the Fendi baguette, the Magnolia cupcake. Yeah. Um, so that was like half the life that I was living in the city. And then – the dark side of me was this 
13, where I was really incredibly depressed. And I started writing about it. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. And I... Like just in your own journal? like Journal, but I wanted to. I've always been a writer ever since I was little. Okay. Um, It's always been like my coping skill, my passion, and I started writing like a young adult novel. Okay. Um, which really was was a vaguely disguised memoir. I didn't know that term yet. Okay. Well, I mean, that's yeah. a lot at mm-hmm. 17, yeah. 16, And 15. Allie was always my greatest supporter when I was going through my mental health struggles. And and she wasn't having similar struggles. I mean, we all do. I'm not going to yeah. speak for Allie's struggles. But I was definitely, you know, I feel, you know, she was, she saw both sides of me. So she really got that. Got right? yeah. And she was the friend who always was always there through both sides of that. Totally. You know? And once the summer before the show, um, I went to Nantucket with Allie and we met um, a man who I think his name was Tom, the juice company. He was he was he was chatting with us at breakfast. We were sitting at adjacent tables and he had bought Nantucket television and TV, which was at that time just like showing the weather and surfing. Okay. And he was chatting with us and Allie and I had very dynamic personalities. And of course we were probably dressed in some crazy fun outfits. And he said, you know, we want to make this a channel. Do you guys want to do a show? And Allie was like, yeah, I want to do um, MT- like an MTV Cribs for Nantucket. So, Wait, so you're just sitting next to this person at brunch? Yeah. yeah. And, and are you like, this person's full of shit? Or Basically was like, do you – like, why don't you guys discuss it, come up with an idea, and like – You'll do the show. And it was really – Allie had produced um, a film. Allie was getting into produce. So Allie was like, oh, yeah, I'm on it. And I helped her write the idea. And it was – we literally just got people and we went into their house and asked them about their house. I mean it was Nantucket. It was like oh. preppy seashells on the wall, like beach. Oh. So, so this isn't even Rich Girls. This is like – Oh, no, 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 no. It was in the house with Allie Hilfiger. Oh. And I was like behind the scenes producing it. It was just like a little – I was yeah. like I, – I literally was like, oh, wow, I can put this on my college application. Yeah. It's like this is fun. And it was just like for the summer because you were summering yeah. in Nantucket? Yeah. Now okay. that network ended up becoming Plum TV. Okay. Which I'm not sure if it's still in existence, but it was like a wealthy resort town. It became, you know, okay. it grew into something. This was in the early stages, and it was just called NTV at that time. And um, we got back to the city. We're in school, and um, New York Magazine wrote a blurb on it um, with just Allie. And Allie Hilfiger has done this. And then what happened? And like she had a name because of her father. Yeah. Just, you know, because yeah, you don't just, just get in. Yeah. yeah it's just a I fact. mean, yeah, good or bad. Like you just yeah. don't get into and New York she Magazine. Was, she was the host of the show. Like it was, I was just kind of like along for the ride. And, and like I, for everyone out there, like, yes, Allie Hilfiger, like it's Hilfiger. It's Tommy Hilfiger's daughter. Yeah. Just to give everyone, you know, a background. Yeah. So Allie got a call from a talent agent at MTV who saw the blurb, and that's the talent agent's job is to say, okay, who's relevant? Let's get them in and saw 
you know, Allie Hilfiger and, and thought, wow, maybe a house of style. Maybe who is this, right? right. And had brought Allie in to meetings at MTV and Allie did not necessarily want <laughs> – you know, at the time she was she was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. But Allie never was the kind of girl who, you know, was socially putting herself out there. She was just completely normal, did musical theater, produced right. films. Like, you know, she was she didn't right. call them. They called her. Right. Right. And she wasn't like yeah. looking for. Yeah, fame. No, not at all. But she took the meeting. And then I um, and apparently in that meeting with the talent agent, she's like they were exploring things. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, who you should really talk to is my best friend, Jamie, because she's she's just like got the brains. But you should talk to her. And Allie knew also that I knew what was I knew about people our age. You know, I had my like finger on what we were struggling with and what was right. going on. And so Allie was like, hey, you should go meet with this person with me. And at the time, it was also – Allie and I were inseparable. It was like, you know. Right. Like, why not? Attached at the hip. And so I went into a meeting a couple weeks later with Allie and this woman, Wendy McSwain, and we just hit it off. And she's like, do you have any ideas for the network? And I said, well, you know, I'm writing – you know, this book, which is almost like the secret lives of New York City teenagers. Right. Um, here's the first page. <laughs> and which, I, like, listen, I mean, yeah, there was I Gossip with Girl, me. a scripted show I, after yeah. this, and there was yeah. New York City So this City was like Press. a real-life Gossip yeah. Girl, only the Gossip Girl level of, well, Allie and I weren't on Fifth Avenue. We were, right. you know, a little grittier. We weren't. Right. Because it made it we out. really ostentatious, you know. Yeah. And, um... And Gossip Girl was not even on TV. It was just no. the books. It was just the books. Right. So I gave Wendy the first page of my book and she said it was like the best one sheet she had ever read. And I was like, well, well like what's how old the one you? sheet? Like I was 17. Right. So most like, people don't have sheet? a chapter at 15. What's a one sheet? Um, and then her boss, the executive vice president at the time, Rod Isa. He happened to be in town from L.A. and she called him and she said, you have to read this. Get down to my office and he read it and he was like, this is the best one sheet I've ever seen. And I was still like, um, what's a one sheet? Yeah. Um, I knew it was good. It was a very – I knew that like, it was the great like intro to the book because it was like – you know, it was really – it outlined yeah. really who I was, that I wear designer clothing and this and that. But like – I have bulimia and I'm, you know, really struggling, but I have to put it together to get into college and all this right. stuff, right? Um, and then the show, it just kind of evolved. Um, like they said, here's our idea. Like, let's have it be about the two of you. No, not at all. So they loved it. They loved the idea. And then they – and I really – my vision from it, and I have all these old emails of what I wanted the show to be. Um, I was very into documentary film. And okay. I believe at the time True Life was on. True Life uh, okay. was yeah. definitely on. And so I wanted like a True Life like that. Right. Um, and – or some sort of documentary. I've always been – believe it or not, from what's out there, like very intellectual. I When I was in the 10th grade, when I was struggling with my eating disorder, I became very into women's studies and reading Naomi Wolf and Elizabeth Wurzel and really, you know, trying to uncover like what's wrong with society that's causing all these problems because I right. was not the only New York City teenager that had this other side. Right. Right. And keeping it like – 
Right. You know, we had to keep it all together, but a lot of us were crumbling on the inside. I right. I think I actually used that term in the I mean, and that's, sheet. you know, like, yeah. there is something about, yeah. like, how New York City youth grows up with wealth. There is this stereotype that there then is, like, drugs and fast partying, and, you know, like, you have, like, a Bethany Frankel who was, like, at the clubs at, like, 13, you know, just, there is something there. Yeah. And it was almost, you know, if you look at Sex and the City in the movie 13, it was like, those were the two parts of my life that were coexisting. This like very dark in my bedroom, kind of screaming, crying. And then. And so when MTV was like, let's make this a show, a reality show, that was. But it didn't even happen like that. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like a reality show. It was like, what could this be? become it wasn't like there was a genre right it was reality television but it wasn't it wasn't so defined like today if you you're like a reality show you have so many different genres genres and shows but we were so they had asked us to take a um a camcorder and show us they gave us a camcorder and they were like oh no they didn't i think we might have used my mom's until they, said, they gave us one and they said, record your life, right? I, Nowadays, you could do it with your smartphone. We're all, said, everyone's doing it on their Instagram story, right? So there's no contracts or anything. They're just Nothing. like, go out They and said, just go life. see because – and again, Allie and I are incredibly ambitious. Allie had been on Broadway. Allie had done a film. Right. I wanted to be on Broadway. I all, all I want at this point is to like get into my dream school, which is Barnard College. I'm yes. like, extracurricular, extra – wow, something with MTV. Right. Um, so you went and recorded your so life. So we went and recorded our lives and our friends and this and that. And you brought and it back. And they're like, this is great. It wasn't supposed to star, Allie and I. We wanted to be the producers of it. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right. It's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Okay. The name of the game for us was producer, producer, producer. Which right? is really that's a what great we way to go for and a I lot of people. And I think that's important. It's just, I think it says who Allie and I both are and how that almost like a game of telephone we became known as something else but right. we just wanted to produce something so you bring it MTV, to MTV it kept getting greenlit and green, like another step in the show hey we'll do a pilot um we couldn't get our cast of character our friends were into it right yeah. their parents nobody would sign a release form right um i do believe MTV really wanted the two of us from the beginning of course right. you know um, so everyone's not parents even just were me. like you're 14 you're not doing a route you know whatever yeah, it is yeah we had we some 14 year olds we had some 18 year olds but right. there was nothing to compare it to and you know a lot of our friends also were wealthy and private and you know right no um so Long story short and long story meaning like my book's at 300 pages and not finished yet. Yes. Um, MTV 
offered us a green light if we were the stars and we were producers and we would have the Emmy award-winning crew that had just wrapped the Osbournes. Which is major. Right. They're like, we're going to green light this, but we want the two of you to star. So it was, you know, we had to star, but we had producer and we had, um, we got to, we had editing rights. Which is unheard of. That's yeah. That's unheard of. And I talk in the book about how that was very strategic on them to get us to do the show. And also there was some manipulation in, you know, hey, keep this in. It might win an Emmy Award when Allie and I were uncomfortable with something being in the show. Right. So So you guys both agreed, your parents agreed. Yeah. Contracts and it, yeah, were signed. And it, it happened really, really fast. Um, you know, we had both in the process of doing the pilot and all that turned 18. Um, Tommy was really all for it. My mom was really all for it. Um, my Why dad kept like it? smiling at just, I think they were just the only ones who like really understood like what it was. Right. Um, and I mean, I remember like three months later, I show up at my dad's house with the camera crew and he opens the door. He's like, kind of, what's this? Right. You know, like you say you're doing something, right? But reality show was not even. Right. And And like the Osbournes and newlyweds. I mean, they were famous before. They were famous before. So there is a difference. We had, yes, Allie, you know, her father is famous, right? But we we really started the idea of looking at, you know, like this wealthy lifestyle like let's look at what it's really like right um so you yeah, sign and contracts and you start filming we and sign, yeah. what is the filming like over six months three yeah, weeks like it was, around it just was, curious um we started filming around our high school prom so it was the end of may and we wrapped up in september um with my going to barnard um, got in. Spoiler. <laughs> yes. And you did. The camera crews followed me there, and that was. I think they followed me one week into college, and um, and that was early September. And then the show came out. I believe it was right before Halloween. We were in LA, twenty eighth, I think, of um of October two thousand and three. So, like during filming, were you guys like, okay, this is what we expected, or are you like, oh, oh my no. god, the cameras oh, are no. here? Oh no, like how so? Not at all. I mean, little things, you know. I mean, they filmed us um, twelve hours a day, six days a week. We had one day off, which right. was Monday. I mean, that's similar to like Housewives. Now. Yeah, you know, you're wearing a mic pack. I don't know. I mean, this is very early. I don't know if they've made mic packs small enough now that it's not no. flattering in front of your cl- – you know, it was no, just like – they have not. You lived with a mic pack. You had to tell everybody when you were going to the bathroom. You right. you know, it was like – you know, and there were things that you needed to do. Our show really was not scripted. Right. There were little things that – my show was edited. And I think that's the difference, right? Like, you did you yeah. did you ever feel like producer manipulation or? Well, it got tricky with us because we were producers, right? right? So, which that my associate, is insane. Yeah, my associate producer would say, like, I, you know, I struggled in a relationship on the show with a friend, you know, and then when I had gotten into co- like I ended the friendship on the show, and then when I got into the 
into college, like the last week of filming, they were like, hey, you should really call him. It would be good for continuity. As a producer, you should probably do this, right? Right. Um, another episode, um, instance of manipulation was the first day of filming. Um, we met at the MTV offices. It's like a hurrah, hurrah, let's go. Right. And they wanted to incorporate my writing into the show. So, um, you know, for the pickup interviews, they were going to show me writing and that we read from our journals. Like that was something that I loved about that. Right. Not sure if Ali was so thrilled, but that was me that I was right. always writing and like here. And they are gift or, you know, morning of gift was a Louis Vuitton journal. Like I mm. wouldn't have been – I wasn't that ostentatious. Like, I wouldn't have been writing in a Louis Vuitton journal. I'll so take the Louis Vuitton yeah, journal. I still have it. I still have I mean, it. I with love all, Louis. With all my journal stuff. Everyone who listens the to this show knows yeah. I'm all about the Louis and the Gucci. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, MTV. Not, But that's what I mean. And then and was there like, hey, hey, you guys, this is it. Well, You're going to be famous. Well, You're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, richer. So no, not necessarily. I mean, I... So that morning, too, so they give us the Louis Vuitton journals, and then Allie and I were going prom dress shopping, and... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. We go downstairs and there's a limo waiting for us. And Allie and I were like, we don't, we're not taking that. We don't ride in limos. Right. Right. And they were like, well, in order to fit the camera crew, we have to get a limo, which was a lie because. It, you that's, know, it's, you, they, you, camera crews make it work. If you're in a cab, if you're, you know, they make it work. Right. Um, they wanted it. They you wanted guys. the visual of the two of us. So the first episode, yes. we're driving around in a limo. Allie and I were mortified. Like, that's not, we would never, ever. We were like taking right. the subway and walking and this. And so, you know, there was a lot of stuff like that. If we have to make it, you know, we have to give the people what they want. Did the show have a working title at this point that they shared or was it right the from the Allie beginning? The Allie and Jamie show. Okay. We – the title was something that happened towards the end. We were told that we had privileges. Allie and I like would spend nights brainstorming the titles. They turned all of them down and one day um, I looked at the call sheet which I wasn't necessarily because I was on talent, so I wasn't – and it said rich girls on it. And I remember – Did you go crazy? Or yeah, there was nothing at that point. To do. We were – I mean, Allie and I were, oh my god, I can't believe. You know, were you we're guys more like than that. mortified? Yeah, it was mortifying. It still is mortifying. You know, I – David, I met you and um, occasionally I'm recognized. Occasionally, right? But yeah. what I get – so David and I, I'll tell everybody, we met yes. our, fr- our friend Orfe's, um show and we were backstage. Orfe and Andy Carl, who yes. are Broadway legends. Legends. For all of all of you who listen to this show who only know about reality TV, yeah. believe, believe it or not, this audience is very diverse. So Go to the theater. Yeah. So <laughs> Orfe is 
a legend and her husband, Andy Carl, and they are a Broadway power couple. They're incredible. And I know her through Kim D, who I don't know if you know, Kim is on The Real Housewives. She was on The Real Housewives. So she's a very good friend of mine. I know who Kim is. Um, and she knows Orfe very well. So we were backstage. Orfe and I met through our um, our dog rescue, but Orfe actually knows my – which what? I was wondering how you yeah, knew Orfe. No, but also um, she's friends with the associate producer of Rich Girls. So oh. Is that how you met her way back or I've, just recently? Just a couple years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we met backstage at Orfe and Andy Yeah, Cole and show. You, you were like, hey, you look so familiar. And then you thought that I was a um, girl with no job. I did. Claudia, right? Oh, my God. I I totally forgot that. Does it? Because you look like her. her, Yes. Actually, we went to the same summer camp, but I don't know her. I was older. You Um, do look like her. I think she's great, but it happens when people are trying to place me and say, oh, you look so familiar. And this isn't a tangent. It has to do with the title. I know exactly where you must know me from, right? I mean, you're with Kim D. Like, I know, but I can never, ever tell someone, oh, I was – on Rich Girls. I'm yeah, not like the kind you, of person anymore to even say, oh, you must have seen my show. Yeah, because um, you didn't really I, say I that. I don't do that. I, I, you you kind of checked me and were like, well, I mean, you said, who do you think I am? Yeah. And well, I not was like, like well, no, no, no. That. Yeah, no. In like a nice way. <laughs> how, do we, how, how do you think yeah. we know each other? But I, I definitely, you know, get that a lot, especially back in the day. But I'm just – I'm very and know, I did quiet and humble and I kind of try to like put that – time behind me so i'm never gonna no, be like you oh were, did you see my show no you were no. Ha- you, and then i admitted claudia and i was afraid to say it because listen i mean it's also embarrassing when you're like are you this person and you're like what the fuck but you do look like her but then you said no and i said okay sorry and then you said well what do you do and then i told you and you're and like then, well i'm kind of related to reality TV. listen i i, I got it out of you and yeah. i think then you said i'm was on this show yeah. this episode is supported by fx's clipped The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And as soon as you said rich girls, which listen, a lot of people would say what I basically then had like a breakdown and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And now you need to come and sit down behind the velvet rope. And you're like, really? It was so long ago. And you were very humble. And I was like, no, no, no. This is like the granddaddy of listen. There's a lot of granddaddies of reality TV. Absolutely. But I mean, also, like, okay, it's literally Gossip Girl was a scripted show, which came later, way later. But that was similar. And. There is a Bravo show, New York City Prep. Oh, that was after us. Yeah, that's in what fact, I mean. Like these were all fact, after it, you guys. You were the, technically the same exact story. NYC Prep was is actually very cute. That was so, a years later. Yeah, and my friend from the show, Mike, his little brother Danny, was on that show. So it was like oh, really cute. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so you did say that, and that's when we met, and yeah. then we're like, you need to come on here. So. Yeah, so what were what were we st- that is true. Uh, Which was strange for me because I never talk about this. I Yeah, it left, wasn't like I left the scene. I don't do interviews rarely. Um What was it about, about me? This. You just felt that I was so wonderful. No, it, well, yes, you were very very kind. I actually, you know, I I had mentioned I'm writing my memoir right now. Um and I have to get used to owning 
what my life story is, which is being on a reality television show. And for so long, I was so ashamed. I think it was the title. It was the fact that I hated myself on camera. I was very bullied that I've really tried to suffocate this. And um, it's time to start owning it. This yeah. is my story. I did have a very big hand along with Allie in creating an incredible genre. And incredible meaning I think the size and I don't – you know, I have my own feelings about now that I'm a psychotherapist, you know, Which we're gonna what get I've into. contributed to in terms of, yeah. you know, the mental health of, you know, those who are on shows and, and whatnot. Um, but it's, you know – I have to – this is who I am. This is, Listen, it's, it's like who a I moment. was, but it's always going to be a part of me and it's, you know, who I am now, who I'm very, very proud of. I wouldn't have gotten here without going through my awkward teenage years, you know, in front of America and the world, whatever. That's – Whoever watched it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I watched it. I think a lot of people watched it. No, I just meant I don't – I don't yeah. know if it went international, but I do know it lives like in the depths of YouTube. So. Yeah. Now, after it came out, so it came out, after it came out, like, besides running down with Carson Kressley, your BFF, to see the dailies, you know, like, did you, what, did your life change? Like, were you now recognized going into, like, Bloomingdale's or to get Starbucks? Everywhere. Was it, like, a high level of fame? You know what I mean? Like, were you like, oh, my God, there's Jamie and Allie or there's Jamie? I mean, especially, like, I would assume if you guys went out together. We didn't. Really? Yeah. So Allie, um, you know, Allie is a book. Allie had a very bad Lyme disease. Yes. Um, and she wrote a book about that. Um, Allie was dealing, and I won't get into deal with her own personal struggles. And um, as a result, our friendship ended. And yeah, that was one of my. So your friendship ended like what? Right after the show. Yes, aired? we watched. We were in LA for the premiere, and then after that, we never. I mean, we watched the episodes before they were aired because we had the editing rights, but we like never watched the together. show together. Really, aside from the premiere, yeah. So when the show aired, you guys were already kind of broken up. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. And well, that must have been sad in a way that that was oh, one it was of your devastating. Good friends. It was absolutely devastating. So as I'm, you know, if you look, you know, there are all these like old press pictures of me and Allie went, you know, and and you know, got her treatment. And I was kind of left after this friendship breakup, um, doing all this press for the show, which was in my contract. Yeah, I was gonna say, Allie was like my my confidence, like crutch. Did you do press together? Or no, it was we did it before before the show aired. So we had a whole, you know, we had a lot of press to do like in October, which is in the contract, we filmed our commercials. um, And then after the show, there was still, you know, to promote. Uh, and was that awkward? Like you were already kind of broken up when you had to do press together? Or no, we, no, I, oh, I, I did it myself. Okay, Allie was like Allie didn't okay. do any of it. Wow. Allie was away, and so it was just me. And then, um, then I, I was going out and parties and this and that. And then one night I was at Mary J. Blige's birthday party. I remember this so well with Lindsay Lohan, who was a friend of mine, through the scene that I was like now a part of, which I, you know, I talk about in my book, I never really should have been a part of. Like I was, And you still talk I to Lindsay? I was just like, no, 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 I oh. still talk to Lindsay. Like back in the day. Back in the day, but She's I remember. She's a nice Long Island girl. Yeah. And then I, um, I remember we were at Mary J. Blige's birthday and um, Diddy came 
I don't even know if he was Diddy then. Maybe he was still Puff Daddy. Came up to us and someone had snapped a picture. And then the next day it was on the cover of like – it was the big photo on Russian Malloy. Does that still exist in the New York Daily News? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so it was a photo of like me, Diddy, and Lowen and some publicists reached out to me and then I had gotten my own publicist and went into this, okay, let me try to – form a career out of this let me produce them and that um that right that contributed to my own psychological decline so you were going through so all these issues so like the show airs you guys are not friends you're doing press you know and all of this so like the depression and eating disorder like i know it was on the show but this still continued like right after oh yeah throw in you know substance abuse because i have to you know i I was very, very – I would read the comments that people would leave on websites. Oh, they're horrible. And so much of it had to do with my appearance. In fact, I – when we were doing the show, I very want, very badly wanted to talk about my eating disorder as I was going through it. It was a huge part of my life and my recovery and it was actually a very, very big running narrative like of the show and what was going on and I would talk about it and – the interviews that we would do, and then after watching the episodes and seeing myself on camera, I had the inst- – I was like, scrap it all. And they were like, what? I was like – and that was really – that uh-huh. part was the part that I think was very much me. Like I wanted to help someone by doing the show. I wanted other girls to see. Well, we're going to get into right? that in and a minute too. I said – Scrap it. I cannot be talking about having an eating disorder, like looking that. I mean, this was my own, you know, real illness coming out. Um, and so you. And it was actually, I think, a really, really good thing that I did it at the time. I don't think that I could have handled it. Um, but I was getting, I was reading messages online, you know, Jamie's so fat. She's so ugly. She should just kill herself. Like, really, really. I mean, we're talking. And can about, you imagine now with social. It's horrible. It's awful. Um, so in order to get out there and be on a red carpet after reading, I'm fat and this and that, you know, I was doing drugs. I was, I just, I didn't feel like it was torturous for me. Right. And so the show aired and you're going through this and now you got into Barnard, which we saw on. So when, so like the show aired from October to December, were you now in Barnard? I was in Barnard. Okay. I was in Barnard. So I like did you my were going, because Barnard's not easy to get into people here. No. And I, I we was. We have a quote later about that. Well, we're going to, we have a lot to get to, oh, even, even though I'm watching the time. Okay. okay. But yeah, okay. Tell me to, to shut up. No, 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 no. This is all. Um, so like you are in Barnard, but now you're doing press. Right. So and then are for- you now on red carpets? Like, were you going to like Diddy's party, Mary J's party before all of this? No, this was all, no. Like, I mean, you get on a hit show and then your life oh, no, does no, 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 change. No, and no I was not going to any of this before. I mean, I would go. But once you're on a show, I mean, the invites come. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you were at Barnard. Especially after, you know, I'd gotten my own personal publicist. She'd basically like come over with like this book and be like, what do you want to go to this yes. week? And That's how it works. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding? Yeah. Um, but You're I always, on a show. I always felt like such a fraud. 
Really? Always felt like such a fraud. And like when you were in your classes at Barnard, were people like, okay, well, tonight I'm going to, you know, the local Columbia dorm party. And you're like, well, I'm going to Mary J's party and I can bring one of you, I guess. Yeah, and okay. sometimes that's what happened. Right? Okay. I just I got us. Um, this is this is what I, I did live go to for. the local college right. bar. Um, right. Yeah, it was just it was a very strange time. So I um, did you by ever... second semester I decided to take a semester off to pursue my quote unquote career. Well, that's what I was going to ask and... you. Like, were you tempted by maybe the fame, maybe the potential money? And did you ever think of leaving Barnard? Like, this life is great. Never over leaving Barnard. Okay, but a break. So I did take a semester off. And, and try to pursue what? Like acting? So, no. You know, there were – they wanted me to do my book, right? Um, thank God I didn't because now I'm in Barnard and I have all these writing classes to take, which is why I went to Barnard. I'm like, wait, I'm not putting a book right. out, right? I just did a show and it was the best decision I ever made. There were, writer, there were um, you know, agents and publishing houses who were like, well, ghostwrite. I was like, absolutely not. I will never, ever – have a ghostwriter for my book. You know, people were wanting Go to capitalize on it. Um, I was signed up to do like a t-shirt line. Like the silliest t-shirt line. Like I'm really very lucky that a lot of this – I had a – This a, is how a, it works. I broke down and ended up going into a hospital. I'm so glad that I didn't. I really would have been shortchanging myself. There were – I mean they were – the publicist was getting me to go to like Africa with the Red Cross, like because it would be good for pre- like it was so right at that time. It was like because it's a thing. Girl. Oh my god! Like they're making me into and nothing was authentic about right. it. Right. Um. So I had taken that semester off to work, and really what that was was doing the work, but not really being in the work. Like right. And then did Rich Girls not come back because the ratings weren't good or because nope. you and Allie fell out? Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. I amazing. still to this day don't really know what I mean, happened with it. I – you know, Allie was very sick. It wasn't happening. Um, right. I don't know if someone on that end put, you know, right. put the gosh on it. Um, I do know that, um, you know – that the ratings were great and I was upset. I mean, I think, I think they, it was a great I think it show. would have, right? But then from us, Laguna Beach. Yeah. The Hills. Yeah. So they took the idea, Sweet Sixteen, yeah. all of that came after us. Um while there was never I the don't Hills think there was ever an classic. offer because I think Allie and I had made it very clear to them that Yeah. I mean the Hills is this show with mm-hmm. a lot more characters in LA per se. Yeah. But the More city, all of yeah, that. But really, what came what came after us was Laguna Beach. Only Laguna Beach, they decided to film like a television show with hair and make with all that stuff. And we know how that turned out. That and was a huge. I mean, it was huge. We were, I mean, no hair and makeup, nothing like right. The real deal. Like our camera quality was not. You know, it was right. very interesting. We were like very, yeah. I mean, very my, bare bones. I thought Sweet Sixteen came before this, so yeah. I mean, that is a byproduct of this, yeah, as well. So now, so you took this semester off. You're going out. What is one thing? Like, is there anything that, like, what's just one experience that would someone would be like, oh my god? Well, I mean, oh, saying god, I don't even know. Well, I, like to me, Diddy Puff Daddy, whatever he was called at the time, and Mary J's party is kind of like, oh my fucking god. Like, yeah, that was cool. That was it. I would go to a butter. I loved butter. We'd all go dancing at butter. 
Um, and you were, you know, in with the, yeah. the other reality stars, the Carsons of the world, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy, crazy time. It's interesting because I, you know, most of my book is done, and I'm still. This is the hardest part to really write yeah. about, also because like, and I appreciate you talking. I know people, this is like something yeah, you don't talk but about. There are a lot of people, even with the alley stuff. Like our story is so intertwined, but her story is not my story to tell. Like she right. wrote a book, she spoke about, you know, the end of our friend, all that. But I, I'm not telling anyone's story. I'm not right. Tell you know there were so, and um, then during this semester off in this this fabulous life and Red Cross and all this PR that didn't feel like you, you then what checked yourself into a hospital during the semester off? Um, for depression? Or no, I went dis- back to Barnard thinking okay. that I could do it in the fall, and then I ended up leaving um, because I was just so sick. I mean, there was I have crazy. A crazy story, like really, like terrifying, traumatic stories. I had a Me Too mo- uh, Me Too moment, um, moment incident, traumatic event that happened right. that will all um, be in my book. There's really dark stuff. Um, and then in the hospital, I was, you know, contemplating suicide very seriously. I'm very lucky in yeah. many ways. I was very reckless. Um, with drinking or self-harm with, that I'm actually – my eating disorder that um, that I'm still alive and I, I made it through. It was a very – very, I was very, very sick. And going for this help, like it helped. You figured – I mean I'm not saying this happens yeah, overnight. Yeah, it was a process. Yeah. But no, you I was were able for, to come out the other side of it. Yeah, but I also had to come out the other side and not go back into this world. Yeah. I had to – it was not good for me. And I'm very, very – you're lucky. lucky that I was able to say because you know you you had asked was any of it for of course fame it's a drug is addicting it's a drug it is the most powerful drug yes. there was such a high um you know if you'd be on a red carpet and people would like want your name right but then right. there was like shame if someone else came and like or they didn't want you or right. you walk out of a restaurant and like you see paparazzi there and like you know two months later they would shoot you but then you walk out and nobody knows you I mean like that right. f- they want you until Nicole Kidman like that just yeah, fucks you could with say, your head and your yes. self esteem and your self worth and I know it sounds but it's no, like I, you know it's it's one of those things that like you know and those people don't know you they don't know who you are as a human being they don't know who I am but it was just like you know, this feeling of like, wow, the pinnacle of me was when I was on this show and my star is just fading. But like, I'm 18. That, right. like, I had just become an adult. I had no other um, yeah. accomplishments or anything. It yeah, was it just with your mind. This. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, cold turkey, like, that's it. And a lot of that also felt like the world saw me as a failure too. Right. Oh, she was. You know, right? Not good enough, or this, or that, or no one cared about her, or not cool, whatever. All that yeah. dialogue in my head. I just, I could not but be in it. I, I could see that. And this, I mean, I, I and I did feel like that. I needed to check myself in and go away for months in order to get out of it because the temptation was like so great to just drop everything. Right. That's. I could see all of that. Yeah. You know, and I do think fame is like a drug. So you did all this. It was a process. It did not happen overnight. And you came out the other side of it, which is amazing. And then you're still in Barnard, graduate from Barnard. So I take time off from Barnard to a couple years, actually, two or three years to focus on my mental health, get myself together. I, I 
did and not. It's back. really interesting. The only real interview I've given about this show was a couple years ago to um, Barnard's part of Columbia University to um, a magazine that they do. And there were actually rumors online that are like still there that say like, did Jamie drop out? Of, like, did was Jamie kicked out of Barnard? She must right. have been so stupid because the show edits stupid, you know? Right. Um, and no, absolutely not. I took the time. I felt Good like it you. would be when I started Barnard, when I was doing the show, right? The person I was when I applied to Barnard, you know, before right. the show, we started doing the show and the person, which was in the fall, then the show ha- the show was, you know, conceived and then it was filmed and then Barnard, I was a completely different person and I, it would have been such a disservice to stay at Barnard while I was quote unquote, like rich girl, Jamie, right. it just was not who I was. And so I really needed that time, went back to Barnard, graduated, graduated. And you always knew you wanted to be a psychotherapist. Absolutely not. Really? Oh, no. You oh, just... my gosh. I No, I have been therapy since I was in kindergarten. There, In no way, shape, or form was that ever an idea. Um, it wasn't even an idea when I was, um, like, hospitalized and in psychiatric hospitals. Um, but one day. Well, I've, I'm a writer. I love writing. Right. Um, I studied English literature. I majored in creative writing. I what I did for a living was really look at themes and characters and um, and analyze that. And I, you know, you just don't like publish a book and become a writer. No. Um, and so I was very interested in psychology because I had been in hospitals and I always wanted. Right. I always had this had this thing when I was filming the show. I wanted to be on the side of the crew. I wanted to be behind the right. And I always felt that like when I was in a hospital, I wanted to be like one of the clinicians, like treating the patients and talking, not like be the one who's like, you know, getting forced to eat something. Right. Right. And so it just, and then I, I was in a lot of therapy and treatment programs. And then one of my therapists had asked me to mentor some high school kids who had, um, mental health problems, and then it just became organic. And upon graduation at Barnard, I, I went straight into um, social work school at NYU um, to get my clinical social work degree um, in psychotherapy. And, and you love what you do now. I love what I do. I'm in private pri- I'm in a group private practice. Do you um, specialize in any particular? I do um, behavioral therapy. So I'm trained in dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. What's that? <laughs> I mean, it sounds impressive. Um, Have you been analyzing well, me this entire time, Jamie? The whole Jamie? time. So dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, well, cognitive behavioral therapy is great. Anxiety, depression. Okay. Um, dialectical behavioral therapy is actually the, um, the evidence-based treatment, um, the most effective treatment for those um, with self-harm and um, suicidal thinking and urges. Um, so I'm – I work with some – I mean it has you know, to make you a great therapist that you've dealt with some of these issues, I would think. I think I mean, so. What I the hell do I'm, I know? You know but I assume listen, that's something that I needed to learn when I got into school for being a psychotherapist was that like, you know, my own experience does not a therapist make, right? right? Just because you live it. Um, but I've definitely been on the front lines. In fact, the creative dialectical behavioral therapy, Dr. Marshall Linehan, she just came out with her memoir – um, which is about how she um, struggled with self-harm and suicidal thinking, which is exactly what I did. And I think it does make me, you know, I'm very empathic, right? But no one's stories are the same. So I right. cannot 
say, hey, this worked for me or this worked for me. I can just listen and, um, you know, and the treatment is very – it's very regimented and, and by the book. And, you know, it's it's incredible. I feel very, very lucky um, you know, to be able to, to do this work. That's – yeah, but it, it it almost didn't. I mean, you love what you do. I love what I do. It I almost um, didn't do it because I wondered if I should even go to grad school for this. If I would, if anyone would ever hire me as a therapist. Well, that was a question. If they googled I had. me. Well, I literally was just going to ask. Who doesn't you that. Google if they're going, you know, to see a therapist? Don't you want to know? One hundred. I mean, it wouldn't turn me off, but right. I was literally just going to ask you that. So, so, does that ever come up? Yes. So, my first couple of jobs in the industry were with people who I had worked with before, who knew who I was, right? Right, Who trusted in my abilities, yeah. right? It wasn't like I was cold calling, you know, therapy practices and jobs, right? right. And, you know, listen, when you're, um, you know, I'm a licensed New York State social worker, like there's background checks and this and that, right? Yeah. Um, so I never, you know, I was lucky to have people hired, That's you great. know, in my circle. And then um, my mentor, um, who I had met kept telling me to come in because she's in a private practice and I kept saying no because I didn't think she knew about the show and she's um, a very, very well-known psychotherapist and I just, you know, she kept saying, hey, you know, come on in. I want to interview Like, come in and I was just so embarrassed and then finally one day she's like, we're having lunch. (laughs) Right. Come in. And she was recruiting me and I said, you know, Jen Hartstein, Dr. Jen Hartstein, she's my, I'm in her practice today. And I said, do you know about this? She says, I know you, I don't care. I, yeah. So what? I mean, so what? what? Yeah, so who what? cares? Right? Um, and that, but I said, well, aren't you worried when people, call, like, what are you going to say? And yeah. she said, I'm not, we'll, we'll get to that if it happens. Yeah, that's um, good. Maybe a few times has that's a good. parent of a, a child that comes to see me questioned rarely. Rarely Has does someone ever say, come to see you that's a fan and is like, oh, my God, um, you're on no, Rich Girls? No, not a fan. No. There have been clients who, like, through our work, say, oh, I found that on YouTube yeah. or this or that. And you know what? We talk about it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. What do you want to know? Right? Yeah. I don't, and I'm happy to talk about yeah. it to the extent that it benefits them. Yeah, right? Um, I've had some clients who actively seek me out because they know that I understand, you know. Certain issues. Certain issues. Um, and today. And if it works against me, those are probably the people who don't call. Right. You know, and. Yeah. I mean, I would think it's been long enough that yeah. year, but it's just that yeah. was my and natural some question. Clients, they, you know, when they bring it up, it's, I think it's, you know, change is the only constant. And um, I, I think what better example than like you can become, yeah. you know, you can, you know, end a behavior, end a career and find something new. I mean, I'm yeah. very, very proud of that. You're a good where are they now reality TV story. I guess I am. And you got me first. <laughs> I, I seriously, I feel so see, like, you know, people are always like, How do you book your guests? Right. How do you and like sometimes you just gotta go out at night and have a drink. But I actively I, I don't seek no. that out. I don't seek out the where no. are they now and you didn't listen. I'm the, the one team, that pushed right, you right. into a corner backstage at the Orfe in the dressing room right, and, and said the, the team behind, you know And when you said Rich Girls, I said, I'm gonna be in touch and you're like, Okay, whatever. 
and then yeah, you and didn't then you realize I was going to follow up like 10 and seconds And then I like later. look at your Instagram, I'm like, oh my God, he's a big deal, you know? Right. Um, Thank but you. I, Thank you. You know, it's time for me to, you know, get back out there in, in that way. Um, my book is – you know, everything's out there, and that's good. You know, and you the don't team watch behind reality. my book is very much so. Like you got to start, you know, reminding people who you are. You know, you don't watch reality TV now, right? Um, no, I don't even I have don't a television so. now. You're, you know what? You're better off. I did watch it for a while. I, you know, the old school New York Housewives. I loved Beverly Hills, like the first couple seasons. Um, quite honestly, my um, my television started like breaking and I people kept coming to fix it and I was like you know to go in New York City to like go buy a television that you gotta get shipped in in a building get it hooked up and this and that and I was still getting like my cable bill which was like 250 a month and I was like I'm just not gonna have a TV at the time there was Netflix and Hulu like I didn't need a TV so I don't have a TV um I do watch you know I I, but no I don't really watch reality television at all that's good I have two closing, well, three very quick closing things. For. Okay. I, now, right. I'm cringing. I, I see know. Your phone. She sees, <laughs> listen, you have to humor me. You have to humor me. All right. But listen, there's some of these are very fortuitous. So I'm not going to read them all because a lot of them are alley. But this is not even, this is in 2013. Ten years later, BuzzFeed did a list the 19 most ridiculous things said on MTV's Rich Girls. Allie and Jamie. Now, I know you're cringing. Like I said, you have no, to. No, it's funny. Me. You know what? I'm able it's now. It's funny with with life. You know, mature, like it's funny, and I I'm happy to explain. We're we were 18. Listen, you recorded I, the shit that you said. You know what I mean? Oh God, it's of funny. course. So Let's number one, and these are in no particular order. Okay. Number one, Allie Hilfinger, who's the daughter of Tommy, said, "My dad invented cargo pants. He invented them." Jamie, which is you. This is what you said in response on cargo pants. People buy cargo pants in the Midwest, not to say, (laughs) oh, I could wear these with stilettos and a sexy top. They buy them because they have a lot of pockets because they like work in the fields and they like need them. Yeah. Yeah, that'll never let me know. So (laughs) I just, I just, listen, I just tell you. Number, you know. So there was also I think it's, I, an I think element. It's, hold on, there was you know, not, I mean, hold on, but um, we were also producers, and we knew yeah. that being silly and saying stupid shit. By the way, that was in the Hamptons, and um, definitely had a drink in me. We weren't supposed to show it, but like you know, we would order wine and put it in. You know, yeah. So can't say I was like completely sober during that moment. But, you know, Jessica Simpson did the chicken and tuna. Yeah. And that, you know, like. It went viral. We knew that, like, that was the stuff. Right. Us being silly and, like, not caring. Like, I, I had editing rights, right? Right. I saw that. And I didn't, you know, MT's like, oh, don't take that out. It's funny, it's right? It's amazing. Um, yeah. So do I wish I – Took it out. Listen, yeah. this is not a criticism. This is just it's the. This is I the, know, but I take it because I'm like, oh, oh my god. This is the opposite that. of a criticism. This is me I being know, like. But, but when it's you and you know, I know. I, like I'm, I'm not that stupid. 
Can I? Okay, so we're not going to read all of these because there's 19. Okay. I'm focusing just ones. on you. Okay, yeah. This is, but listen, there's a lot of things you say in here, Focus which, well, then there's certain things you say which kind of like foreshadow your future. This is Jamie, number six, because we're skipping Ella Valley stuff. Jamie on the thing no child has ever said. Whoever said that going off to college is a sad thing clearly did not go to Barnard. Okay, I mean, that's that's not... I don't think that's so Oh, bad. I was so obsessed with... I love... Barnard's a great fucking school. I am still close with my writing. I love Barnard so much. I've been up there a bunch lately. I mean, it's no um, joke. I love it. It's... I'm so, so proud to have gone to Barnard. So I... I it's... Listen, it's... I... I mean, here's one. I think this is funny. Allie on Total Despair. And this is Allie at 18. I miss my childhood so much. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's like you are a child. Okay. Um, right, but that was also a, a part of the show is that we were first to grow up very, very fast in the city. Yeah. Yes so and I think yes. There was, there was definitely a part of us that both did. Here, so. Allie on life and death issues. What is more important, a pair of stupid shoes or a handbag or a life? Was that me or was that Allie? It says Allie. Wait, let me see the picture. There's a picture of Allie. But listen, this is BuzzFeed. I don't know if they fact-checked. No offense, BuzzFeed. Mm, I think that was me. Really? Okay. Or maybe, I mean, like, look, it's split. Yeah, like, and I'm not so sure that that picture matches that quote. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was me. Not, I'm not trying, like, I don't, I don't want to, like. It might have been you. Or maybe it was Allie. I don't know. But that was, that was when we were doing, we were talking about, um. Our friend Lizzie, who's still my best friend to this day, I have to shout Lizzie out to Grubman? her. She just what? Lizzie Grubman? No, uh. no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see how excited? You see where my sick mind goes? No, my best friend Lizzie. She was like our third. If you're familiar with the show, um, Lizzie was our third best friend, oh. and um, Lizzie and I had, you know, it was hard being a group of three girls um, on the show together. Lizzie and I are still best friends. Lizzie just had a beautiful baby girl, um, so. But we were doing charitable work in in Ethiopia at the time. Uh And I actually think we were genuine. I think we were looking at images of female genital mutilation and realizing how much money um, we were spending on things in our life that, you know, for a $500 pair of shoes, which is what really the good shoes cost back then, um, that we could actually contribute. So that was, that I think was like a very genuine, genuine conversation. And, you know, the world laughed at it, but I think it was actually a pretty beautiful moment where we were literally like, you know, wow. I could see all that. We're totally jaded. Okay. We'll quickly do these before we run out of time. Um, This is just kind of funny. Uh, Tommy Hilfinger on, this is just Tommy going through, uh, Allie's closet. What is this? You bought this from Ralph Lauren? It's kind of funny. Yeah, I remember Jamie's that. Jamie's like, David, you're a shallow, sick person. Then- no, but that was very funny. My aunt owned a store in Seattle and we went to her store and we found the runway. Ralph Lauren had done a ball gown skirt made out of denim and my aunt had them in her store and we got like a huge and we were like we need this denim I actually ended up wearing it in our press photo shoot um, but Allie bought one too and that was well let me tell you Tommy, Tommy was real, not happy I understand and but then there's... he followed up with this hey listen I couldn't see Ralph Lauren helping his daughter clean her closet so you better appreciate this yeah. that's funny yeah. Jamie on her own genius it's proof that if you work hard and you don't give up you too can get into college. I think I might write a self-help book. See? 
This is kind of. I did not say this. You put the self help book. A self help book. Oh, BuzzFeed. Did I release? Right, I right. have to. No, I actually, I'm going to, I'll follow up with you via follow, email. Please. I can find that clip. And I don't think that I said anything about a self help book. And this foreshadows and the I'm book. totally qualified now to write a self help book. Um, as a psychotherapist, yes, you are. So. And then I just have to say, I mean, this one has nothing to do with you, but then we'll go back to the book and then we'll end. I mean, this is kind of funny, Allie, about getting on her private plane. I'm just like really, really grateful that my parents are able to provide us with the safety of having a private plane. It's kind of funny. I, I was know. grateful it's, too. Those were some fun, it's some in, fun flights. <laughs> so yeah, so I just thought you know self help. Now you are writing a self help book. Um, well, it's not a self help book. I mean, there will be like I your, think elements of it that may help, but it's it's a memoir. It is. So you're gonna keep me. You're gonna. You know what? You will come back on when your book comes out when you it. finish it. You can come back on it. in general. Yeah. Two very final. Well, one very final. Two very final things quickly. One, do you have any interest? This is for your own plug. Do you have any interest in talking about your other little side business? Yeah, this just happened. I actually bought you a present. So I oh went my God. through. This was. You, you, know, you know, you're the first guest to in, ever bring me a present. Uh, well, this is. Um, I went through. The worst six months of my life for very, very many reasons. And it was the darkest. This is six months ago. And um, my best friend in LA, she's into crafting and started beading in a hard time of her life. And after, so I went out there to kind of to escape for a week and get some TLC from my best Take friend. It. And she said, um, she said, Jamie, you must sit down and bead. And as a therapist, I have so many coping skills and like, I know how to try to like get my shit together. See, mine is just vodka. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm good. I'm honest. It's we'll coffee. Talk. We'll yeah, talk we'll that. talk. I, I get it. Whatever. But um, I'm being honest. Yeah, as you should. No shame and, and whatever works no. for you. So, um, so I went through this really dark time and she, you know, was like sit and bead. And it was the only thing that like got my mind off of what was going on and was, you know, after work. And, um, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who are very well connected. And I started putting the, um, the beads on Instagram, not even with the intention to sell, just kind of, I mean, yeah. I've been obsessed with rainbows since I was a child. Love a rainbow. Um, and a friend in fashion saw it and now I have e-commerce and their stores are reaching out to me and the line is called Live Rainbowfully. Um, and it really is my love of rainbows and all things sparkly. Plus, I want to say like my love of writing because um, I use love letter beads and I really try to make them either cheeky or my from my therapeutic side, like really encouraging. Like right now I'm wearing goddess healing, love yourself, um, life is kid. good. Um, what does that say? Oh, sunshine and rainbows, over the rainbow, time uh, time to fly. So all this. But I oh made you a very special one last night. Oh, my God. I'm dying. Um and Even though I don't watch reality TV, I did. You um, understand that I do. I I understand what you do, and um, I actually think that you really you're not only like behind the velvet rope, like you are like Tell the me. most honorary housewife ever. So I made. I you, think so too. So I made you this bracelet. Oh my god. Okay, guys, it's like a rainbow bracelet, and it says "housewife." Swarovski is, and oh, rainbows. Really? And, oh my god! Yeah. Okay, uh, you realize I'm actually going to wear this. I hope so. Oh my god! It literally. But I really guys, think that, like, if I'll anyone does, like, you are, you know, totally, you know, I'm an honorary, honorary housewife. It says. So housewife. I made you one that said "housewife." I love it. Behind and the velvet rope wouldn't fit on one bracelet. But listen, I, I would <laughs> rather have it say. 
housewife. So I yeah, love I just this. I think that it's you are gorgeous. totally part of their crew, and that they are so lucky to have you. The, uh, you know, that's very nice of you. So. I appreciate this. I will wear it. I'm going to take a picture. They picked a really good guy to go, to, you know, to go behind the velvet rope. I think so. And <laughs> I, well, thank you. Yeah. I think that it's been great having you. Wonderful. It's been an honor to, you know. Hopefully this, you know, you're going to come back on because this was a lot of yeah, fun. We can so talk about fun. lots we of other things. We could talk takes. forever. Yeah, I mean, we just no. like scratch the surface. This, uh, like, Once my book, like, and it's, you know, I have to leave some stuff. Um I could sit here for the next seven hours, but then like the I mean, we can listeners, even do a thing where like I, you know, psychoanalyze so reality stuff. I mean, Ooh, I know we could have. Okay, a- now, okay, wait. I just got I'm, when we end this show. I got it. All right, tell so I'll you. see you guys soon. Got, apparently, I just got a idea. great. I just got a great <laughs> idea. But in the meantime, where can we all find you so we can look at this lovely jewelry and just follow you online? Um. So. My name, Jamie Gleischer, Instagram has links to everything. Okay, I think that's a good um, place. I'm still in the process of putting up like my own um, site, the jewelry, the but Instagram, Instagram is at live rainbow fully. Okay. With, you know, two L's. And then and um, Jamie Gleischer. you can buy the line on um, shoppietra.com for now. So everyone, go there. Remember, go to me. Jamie Gleischer, J A I M E Gleischer, and you can find links to my Live Rainbow Fully there, my Jamie the Therapist Instagram, and I'm also big into dog rescue. You can follow along with my zoo, which I is love three three legged dogs, one one legged dog, and a cat. I love it. So, and for me at David Yontev, you can book me on Cameo. And remember, because no one seems to believe me that I actually am tired, Jamie, and I do want to stay in, even though you are meeting me out backstage at Orfe. I think I had like two or three drinks in me that night, too. I think you need to come over and bead with me and just shoot the shit and like talk about the stuff we can't talk about here. I would love to. As long as like... Like off the record. We got to like, stay in. Cause, like, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. No, I'm talking like PJs. I'm, you have no idea... And let me, okay, we're doing that because let me tell you, that's the night that I really want. I really want a night like that. And we're going to do it. But guess what? Yeah. All the other nights. I only nights, really go out for Orfe and Andy. No, I love it. Yeah. I like to stay in. I, I love Orfe and Andy. Yeah. Um, no, but the other nights when I'm not doing that with you, guess what? As what? much as I want to do behind. that. Right. I You're get, I, well, I first put my big girl pants on and I force myself out the door. You know why, right? Because I, David Yontef, can best serve all you listeners behind the velvet rope. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, 
and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.